0: forgiving god bless you all turn in your bibles to the book of ephesians chapter three we're going to touch on something that i (laughs) that i know is on the one hand something that we've understood for a long time but it's as if the father is turning the page into a fresh revelation of how it's applied and i'm always astounded at how god does this I am I don't have a teaching sheet for you today because this is something that you can study in your Bible programs very easily however as uh, as we're entering into this new year I I know that I'm gonna have to put this in not necessarily into a book but into some kind of a primer because it it truly outlines how we receive uh, the mysteries of God's Word and what we have to do in order to continue to receive that and how we're to sow it into the nations and it's all right here in the word but in a way that i've never seen it before so um, we're in ephesians chapter 3 and paul begins in this chapter by talking about how that he is receiving things that have been preserved for from the foundation of the world, and now God was revealing these mysteries. You know this, these passages. But in verse 8, he says, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the Mysterion, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent now that unto the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. There are so many amazing themes in this, the entirety of this chapter, and even in the midst of what brief verses we read um, from this chapter. but. Let's focus on what the Lord says here about Paul being the least of all saints. Now we would look at that and we would think, as as so often been the case, my, how humble Paul was. It's almost self-deprecating. I am the least of all saints. When you read that, you think, what in the world is that man talking about? This is a paramount saint in the New Testament. He, he to say I'm the least of all saints is kind of like it just in in our, our common thinking it, it just doesn't seem right because uh, he has to be humble but have you ever been around somebody who says something I could give an illustration but it would be a bad one uh, they say something and you think methinks thou dost humble yourself too much because it's just not true you know somebody is just absolutely handsome gets up and say, well you know i don't really have much in the way of looks you think well wait a second you're you're an a-lister on in hollywood you you are a the sexiest man of the year how can you say that that makes no sense i think you're just putting on uh, humility but it's really not true and everybody knows it you, we all know those kinds of things so why would paul do this well, the point is, is that he wasn't doing it. And when you, when you look at this, this unique word that is used to describe how Paul ministered among the saints, it is, it is a combinative word that is only used once in the New Testament. And what it really means is, I have been uh, electisto, greater than anybody else. <clears throat> and that word comes from a word that we studied for years, elasson, <clears throat> which is what John the Baptist said when he said, he must increase, I must decrease. You remember those, those messages where we said, this is the root of elastic in our day. This is the fat man's friend. You know, it, it makes it makes you become whatever is necessary as god is increasing if it's lean times you 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 shrink down to move in that period if it's an abundant time you expand to that but your objective is to fulfill the increase of the lord we studied that that route was also used only to talk about us being created as a little lower than the angels remember that We talked about in the Old Testament, it's a quote from the Old Testament, and there it means you stay hungry. In the New Testament, just that direct quote means that you are willing to adhere to whatever is necessary to fulfill the way of God. And that's what separates us from the creation of the angelic. Angels know how to obey, thank God they do. Angels know how to take the word from the throne and to fulfill that word. God created us so that we might partner with him God created us so that we might become whatever he needs for us to become so that we can in partnership with him fulfill his will we understand those things that's been our our, our watchword over the years and we tried to to be that so when when Paul the Apostle speaks about being the least of all Saints he is using that word to say i have done this i have made sure that i have done this more than anyone i know not to be prideful it's like when he said i thank god i speak with tongues more than you all it wasn't a con- it wasn't a contest he was saying i know this is something that i should do and i have made it my goal to do this to the very most uh, powerful uh, way that i can so look at the context that paul says he says you know god is revealing these things he's he's revealing revelation and he's showing me bit by bit that's in verse three of how this is to be and then um, other ages wanted to know this but they couldn't but in this time frame God is revealing these things, and not only is he revealing them, he's throwing them open to the entire world, to the Gentiles. And I have been given a grace from God to go throughout the world and preach these unsearchable riches. And so with that, I have decided that I have to be an adherent to becoming whatever God wants me to be. In fact, I'm going to do this more than anybody else, not in competition, but I'm, I'm going to serve the Lord. And I hope that that's your cry too. I'm not comparing myself with other people. I want to be the best that God created me to be. I want to serve Him to the fullest. And, and I don't want to be in the back. I don't want to be in the middle. I want to be right up at the front so that's what paul is saying here it's not a self-deprecating description he's saying i'm embracing this elasson and i am fulfilling what god created me to be as a man which separates me from the angelic to which of those angels did he say sit at my right hand and i'm going to make your enemies your footstool this is the key to this to say here am i use me, serve me, and I'm doing my best among the saints to be this better than anybody else. I think that should be our cry, not from a prideful standpoint, but, but to be this. You know, I know you've, you've had many different pursuits in your life. If you really want to be good at something, you don't want to be good halfway, you want you want God to say, Well done, you good and faithful servant. I don't see God saying, Well done, you middle of the pack, lukewarm person. I mean, that's not there. You strive to be everything God wants. And in in the capacity of being this individual as God is increasing, you're willing to expand or contract in whatever way God wants. And to me, this is the key to being able to receive the mysteries of the Lord, to partner with God in the fullness of his mystery. And it's the key to being able to go out and to speak this gospel into the nations. And it's the key to be able to, in the church, depict these eternal principles before the principalities and powers in heavenly places this thing that Paul said, first of all, being a saint, but being a, a saint who's willing to become whatever is necessary for God to do his will. This is the essence of what you and I are called to be. And, and so I'm very grateful that God has shown this. Now, we're going to expand on this. And, and to me, this is what we're going to expand on. is just amazing to me. Uh, and i i'm just so grateful to the lord and i think he's showing this now because we're on the verge of going into this breakthrough we've been faithful in the small in the least and that's a derivative of this word now he's going to give us an expansion of rulership but notice that he says back again in verse 8 that i am able to preach among the gentiles the unsearchable riches of being an anointed son being Christ-like, unsearchable is is an amazing thing. It doesn't, it doesn't really just mean that you'll never have an end to what you find. Even though that's true, it means that it, when you when you look at where this word was used throughout the Greek culture, it was like a gift from God, and several times they use this word to say. This divine gift was here, and there are no tracks around it. There's no indication anywhere of how it got there. You can't say that some man brought a pathway to it, and whoosh, here it is. It's, it's something that is unsearchable. God has brought this. It, it's not because of your intellect. It's not because of the, the shoulders of giants who went before God has said, it's time to show this, and here it is. I think that's amazing. Now, of course, we are reliant on those who have prayed. We are reliant upon those who have paid the price and prophesied. We are reliant on the things that we've learned. We are reliant upon the line upon line. We are reliant upon all those things. But when God is pouring out his mysteries now, he is saying, here's something that I'm going to do. My glory is going to be shown. Nobody is going to be able to take credit for this. And this is where the church has problems. Have you ever heard before, well, we've never done it that way before. Well, good. God's probably in it. (laughs) Well, that's not the way I was raised. Well, that's not what I'm used to. That's not what I'm comfortable with. When God brings an unsearchable riches, he doesn't ask your approval. He doesn't say, well, now, will this be okay? I don't want to upset you. You know, I, I don't really want to rustle your nest here. No, it's an unsearchable thing. And yes, there will through, through eternity, there will be thing after thing that God has shown. But this word, in conjunction with him uh, bringing forth from the foundation of the world his mysteries and wanting to show them into the nations and sow them into the Gentiles and to reveal them before principalities, think about this principalities and powers in the heavens if if these things were known wouldn't they already know them of course they would but when god says i'm going to show something new that nobody's ever known even the angels even the rk even the exousia even any of the powers in the heavens they say what is this i want to i want to look into that there's another passage so but, but then again, you've got to be careful. Paul wrote a lot about the errors of the Gnostics. Here, here's how the enemy would like to, to corrupt this process and through the corrupting of the process make the rest of the general church say, no, 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 we've got to stay away from that. We could fall. Um, you know, when, when you're going to invent something, you take risk. You, know, you try to be wise, but you don't listen to everybody else and say, you know, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Um, so yeah the enemy recognizes this principle and he says how can I mess this up how can I deceive people how can I get people like the Marcionites in the ancient days or or the Gnostic flow to, to delve into doctrines of devils you see God is revealing things and how do we safeguard ourselves we stay in prayer but beyond that beyond that we stay true to the Word of God. We don't buy into other things that we are told are equal to the Word or that the Word somehow is is corrupt. The Word will never pass away. Heaven and earth will, but God's Word will never pass away. So if we stay close to God and we stay true to the Word, we will be able to, to be... And here's another thing. Paul says, I'm going, to be, uh, I'm going to be absolutely whatever God needs to be. And that usually means I'm going to have to die to self. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to not uh, let myself be, uh, be glorified uh, with all of my ego and all of my desires and all of my things. I'm going to have to lay them as a living sacrifice. I'm going to have to die daily. That's an area where the enemy attacks. Because the way he comes is he says, You know what? You're not being gratified. You're not being promoted. You're not you're you're being held back. Well, yeah, yeah, I I think maybe I am. All the people that are around me now, all those yes men, they're telling me the same thing. So I better launch out on my own. If you are being less than the least of saints, you're dead. And those those areas of vulnerability in your own self are not going to crop up they may try but you got to say no do you think paul the apostle enjoyed doing the things he did in the natural (laughs) i don't think so who enjoys getting stoned who enjoys getting whipped who enjoys living out in a cave who enjoys those things well maybe somebody trying to get a merit badge but you know the point is that, you know, I don't think Paul, uh, I don't think Paul liked that in the natural, but he, he gave it all up, so that he could serve God, and to be the least of all saints, is something that puts you in a position where you can receive these things from God, that nobody has ever, eye has not, seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any person you've got to be absolutely dead to self and you've got to be willing to become what god wants and you've got to be willing to be a saint that's why this is right in the smack dab middle of of, of god saying I, i'm going to reveal these things these mysteries i'm going to show them to you you've got to be this way you're going to go to the nations and all the principalities and powers I'm going to let you participate with me so that they're revealed. Do you see that? This all makes perfect sense. But the linchpin in the middle of all of it is the least of all saints, which traditionally, and I'm guilty of this, we thought, oh, what a humble guy Paul is. He knew that he was at the front of all the saints, but yet look at him. He's just so humble. Well, Paul was humble, I'm pretty sure, except some of the passages I see him write, <laughs> where he tells him, "Who are you to be coming against me?" But that's another story. So let's let's explore this a little further, and here's really where it gets so far it's been interesting. When I, I said that this word only used here, it's a derivative where it takes what we've been talking about, but then it says, I am doing it here on earth, almost like as a test case. You take that elect and you can study this. It's right there in your, on your phone or your iPad or your computer, whatever you're researching it. And, and look at how God uses that word uh, in, in the New Testament. Um, and it, it's phenomenal to me. And you might say, well, how are you getting on and elaxtos and all these? It, it's like a word grouping. And, and the Greeks did this a lot. Yeah, they had their nouns, verbs, adverbs. They had their their aorists, They had their tenses and, and the like. But then they would expand off. And we do it, too, in English. We, we In fact, we, we do it probably more than anybody else, any other language. Um, the French really don't because they don't want to corrupt their, their language because it could spill off, and then you would never recognize it. But we as English people, we create words, and um, that's, that's a good thing. Um, but, but all of these words are from that same root, uh, I must decrease. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, Paul speaks again about who he is among the church, Here he says that he is the least of the apostles. He uses this term. Now, anybody that is truly an apostle is going to live by the definition of what an apostle is. And that is that God has given a mission or a message that is not being given to anybody else. And you've got to represent that it's current today around the world to just toss out the word apostle to anybody who has an anointing. It would be much better to say this guy or this woman is really anointed rather than to give them the name apostle. Because I think, you know, you're really an effective minister, but you're really not doing it in an apostolic ministry. You just know, you just are able to gather a bunch of people, which is needed. So, the term apostle has really been convoluted and, and, and watered down, but an apostle is really somebody who has a particular mission. So you look at the disciples, you look at the apostles. What were their, what were their gifts? Well, Peter had a specific gift that was different than anybody else. In fact, when he asked the Lord, what are you going to do with John over there? I know you two were close, and Jesus says, what's that to you? You know, John did some things that nobody else did. Apollos came along. He was an apostle. And he he was teaching, watering. He was bringing about something that Paul said, you know, that's really not my my real mission. I could do this, but that's not, I'm breaking the soil. I am sowing seed into new land among the Gentiles. Apollos is coming and he's watering. And so, and, and through that, then God would move. So, this wasn't a competition among the apostles. This was Paul saying, you know what? I am doing as good of a job as I can to be an apostle. In fact, if, if you're going to take responsibility for an apostolic message, you can't take anything for granted. You've got to continue to sow into what God has given you to do and you've got to take great pains not to compete with anybody else and to do what you're supposed to do. And because if you try to be like everybody else, you're not going to be anything. But if you take responsibility for what God has given you to do, then, and you do it to the best of your ability, then you'll have success before the Lord. And you could say, Here, Father, I, I've tried to be the good and faithful servant. So Paul uses this term in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to say that uh, he is the least of the apostles. In other words, he takes very carefully, in Ephesians 3, his calling as a saint, and he takes very carefully his calling as an apostle. That's a, a really unique thing to to keep close to us. We're gonna look at four other passages and we'll do it quickly. But every one of these is laden with incredible meaning for us. And and as we see it, we're going to see how God is going to use you in the days to come. The first one is in 1 Corinthians 6. And Paul says something very interesting here. And and this is about the name. Well, maybe, you know what? I tell you what. Just keep keep your thumb there. Let's look at how Jesus used this word, and 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 then we can come back to hear what Paul's saying because this is so important. Matthew 25, particularly verse 31. We're going to look at this uh, because this is another one that has been sincerely uh, miscast. Uh, Matthew 25. If you want to turn there and he says in verse 31, when the Son of Man... Oh, oh, wait, no. (laughs) I'm sorry. There's just so much here. Uh, Right before this, he's talking about the parable of the talents. And Jesus talked about this twice, but in two different ways in the Gospels. One is this one where you've got talents that have been given to three different individuals. In the book of Luke, it's a, it's it's the same theme but it's a totally different aspect. He says he calls 10 servants in the book of Luke and he gives 10 pounds and he tells them to sow them because he's going away to inherit a kingdom. And so but right before this passage in Matthew 25 Jesus is speaking about that. So in verse 31 he says when the Son of Man will come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations, nations now, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. He'll set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. Then this king, who's the king? The Son of Man, In his glory, with the angels, he's talking to, what? The nations. Let's see that. The king says to those on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. Sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Then the righteous answering said, Lord, this is the righteous. When did we see you hungry and fed you, or thirsty, gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger, took you in, or naked and clothed you, or when sick or in prison came we unto, unto you? And the king shall answer and say, Verily I say to you, inasmuch as you have done this unto one of the least, there's our word of my brethren, you've done it to me. Then he turns to those on the left, and he says, You haven't had any part in this at all. You're done. What does this mean? when the king is talking to those on the right hand and he's talking about the nations and he's talking about the kingdom that's been laid out from the foundation of the world well this is interesting what is it exactly that he says he says hungry thirsty stranger naked and prison this is a progression of of how we accept how we accepted the mission from God, and how any nation we've gone to has accepted the mission. These terms are so amazing, and Jesus speaks about brothers who have been the least, who have been alectos, this very specific word. Now, how has the church interpreted this? In a philanthropic way, in a benevolent way, and that's always good. You know, we think about the sick, we think about the hungry, we think about the naked, we think about those that need these things, and we should be blessing them, but that's not this context, and that's not what Jesus is talking about. Let's look at this. First of all, the first thing that we began to sense here when before God changed us was a hunger for something that we didn't understand what it was. There's gotta be more. There's something that you have. Um, I, 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 you want to change me. I, I, I need to embrace something beyond what I've been. The next thing is he called us to pray and fast, a thirst, to commune with God, because thirsting always speaks about communing and fellowshipping. We started to seek the Lord. And then we started to have a desire to go into the Xenos, into the nations, we started to think. You know what? There's there's something beyond this place. Yes, you're establishing this, but there's something beyond this place, and we've got to be willing to pray about these nations. We've got to be lo- willing to look past our borders. We're going to we're going to put, to focus on what you're doing outside of our little reality and outside of of our four walls and outside of this city. And then God says, all right, if you're willing to do this, I'll I'll give you a mantle. I'll cloak you for this. I'll clothe you for this. And then um, what does it mean to be put in prison? We read about this. Well, if you look at what that word really means, it's prison. I understand the translators. I, I, I'm giving them grace here. But this word Just means to watch over the initial use of this word was for a shepherd watching over a flock and then it extrapolated there are rules that you have to observe to keep this flock healthy and safe make sure you are following them and then that went into society how do we preserve a city how do we watch over the city What are the rules for commerce? What are the rules for the military? seems like we've forgotten many of those in our country today. How do we keep ourselves safe? How do we keep ourselves secure? Well, don't worry about it. There's no problem with that. But, you know, for any society, you've got to guard over the things that preserve you. And then if there are people that are miscreants or people that are not uh, willing to abide by the rules, you put them someplace and you keep a close eye on them. That's how prison came out of this. But that was the last resort. The main word here is show them how to function, shepherd them, teach them to flow in what they're supposed to be doing. And that's what Jesus is saying to the people at the right hand, the least of his brethren, those who have electos, that that commission, they become whatever he's needed them to do to be among the nations. And that's why when he comes in his glory and the angels are with him and he's sitting on the throne and he gathers the nations, he speaks first to those at the right hand and saying, you know what? You, you did this. And he goes down the line. Now they're there. We, we have the privilege of reading about it. Hopefully you'll remember this. Hopefully we'll be up there and on the right side. We'll, and they say, well, how did we do this to you? every one of these things you're doing you're doing for me because i created this place i created all these things i created these to partner with you and as you've served me in the nations you haven't done it so you could got get your own kingdom but i'm going to give it to you now you've done this for me isn't that wonderful i think that's amazing but the key to it all how are these people on the right hand you know, I'm sure initially they're interpreting it, you know what, I'm all in favor of prison ministry, but I didn't do that. You know, I, I didn't see any naked people. You know, I did give my clothes to goodwill. I did give some money for helping families in need, but I didn't, they're asking those things, and Jesus says, you don't really understand you are doing this to me and it's on behalf of the nations and it's on behalf of the kingdom so not to go too far with this even though this is powerful every place that we've been called to go in the nations we've had to sacrifice to go there you have and when we've gone we've found people who first of all say what we want the word we've heard this teaching Come and show us. That's the first thing. They they first communicate hunger. We go there. What do we teach them? We preach out of the Word, and we tell them how to pray. We tell them how to commune with God, how to fellowship, how to drink from His fountain, how to know Him. What do we say then? You've got to be willing to not only embrace us, we're coming from another land. It's funny. Some nations have been more than willing to accept us. Others have said, we don't trust anything coming from America. We don't want you there. Some nations say, we know more than America. You're just a young upstart. You're only 200 and whatever years old. We've been here for, for thousands of years. And, but then others have said, oh yes, we want to be like you. That, that, that whole issue of Zenos is, is very important. Um, and, and what did the Bible say about from, uh, people I'm going to come to you with stammering lips and an unknown tongue. People will come to you that are from other places and and they're going to bring the word. That is so important. It's right there. And then they'll want to be clothed by you. Let us, if, if you have two cloaks, give one away. That's what the Lord said. When you go out, you give to them. Um, but let us grab the hem of your garment let us be called by your name let us not be like you but teach us as Paul said to follow Christ as you follow him we'll embrace this mantle we'll embrace this covering as he said to uh, the, the, the seven churches don't you know you say you're rich and have need of nothing you need to be naked before God and to receive a fresh mantle that's that's there And then, let me show you what you need to do in your terio, in your histeme. Let me show you what you need to be embracing from the Word. And you're going to have to shepherd this. You're going to have to watch over this. And this is just the progression that the Lord is speaking to the alactos. On the right hand, in front of the angels, when the Lord comes with the nations there, this is the kingdom. But the essence of it is, is becoming the least of the saints, the least of all saints, the least of the apostles, to be that. I, I think that's incredible. So we come then to 1 Corinthians 6, 2. So as we see that Jesus gave this, he used the same word, and he says uh, that when it's all said and done, What's done on this earth, I'm going to judge. And my brethren, who are the least on my right hand, the, these are the ones that are going to inherit the kingdom. So 1 Corinthians 6.2. Here you find that the saints will judge the world. And are you willing to be worthy to judge the small things? and there's our word. That's a weird thing. How are the saints going to judge the world? Well, we just heard Jesus talking about it. Implementing what God, it's not, well, let me tell you what's wrong with you. I can look at this nation and tell you what's wrong with you. What is the essence of judging? The essence of judging is saying, this is the way, walk you in it. The crino. This is what God says. Are you living up to that standard or not? That's not telling everybody what you've just been waiting to lay on them. That's saying this is what God says. It's that same idea of shepherd. But are you willing to take that burden? What is axios? What is worthiness? We've studied this. Are you willing to take that yoke upon you? Are you willing to become that? Or are you unwilling? Are you unworthy when it comes to judging the electos. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. But if we're going to be those that are operatives in the nations, we've got to be willing to live this every day of our life, even in the things that we might say, oh, that's not important. You, you can't just flick the switch on and become this. You can't go to a meeting where the anointment's flowing and suddenly become this. You've got to be this. you got to, you got to, bear the burden that the Lord has given you all the time and that's what God looks at you've got to be at the ready at all times in Luke 19 verse 17 Jesus said if you're faithful over little there's our word you will become the ruler I think that is tremendous faithful over the little this word. Are you being what I need you to be at every point of your existence? And and there he's speaking about those 10. It's, that's an interesting thing. I'm not going to belabor it. You can study it for yourself. As opposed to the one with the talents where you had three specific guys. With the other instance of this, the, the ruler calls 10 people and he gives them 10 pounds total. And um, and then it says that the citizens didn't want this guy to be ruling over them. And the weird thing is, is that out of those 10 servants, only three of them are mentioned and one of them not in a good way. But in a, in a unique point, he said, you know, You've been faithful with this one pound. I'm going to make you ruler over what? Five cities. Here again is that principle of being operative in the nations. But it's, it's that same thing. And the final one is Luke 16.10. To be faithful in the, the least, you will be faithful in the much. Faithful in this word, elacitos. Elakitos. So what does this mean for for us today? Um, I think it it means several things. First of all, it's a it's a revelation of what you've been. And as as we know that the the measure of breakthrough is upon us, the doors after this COVID shutdown are going to be open for a season, and we've got to go. We've talked about breakthrough. We've talked about stepping into a new dimension of service to the lord we we've talked about being uh filled with anticipation to hear what other doors god's going to be open in conjunction with the doors that are already open we've got to be faithful to serve but with that we've got to see that we've got to we've got to be flexible we've got to be willing to do what god says we've got to listen to him To not stretch ourselves into places we don't belong and that's the problem with with uh, elastic you know it it can stretch but it can stretch beyond you where you should be the problem with that was when when that place you shouldn't be let go it hurts when it snaps back on you I don't want that so um, you know this is important for us to see and, and I end with this just this brief summation. What did we see out of Ephesians 3? We see the need for us to, to serve the Lord to the best of our ability in becoming exactly what He needs us to be because that's how He will increase. Now, some, some, uh, there's some folks in France that get antsy when, when I say that. Because they say, no, 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 it says first you must, he's going to increase, and then we do this. Well, it's kind of like a wheel. The Bible says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. God is going to increase, but the point for us is, yeah, we can rejoice and blow the shofar over that, but if we're not decreasing, we ain't going. I want to be with him, don't you? So Paul is saying, I'm trying to be this to the best of my ability god has put this in motion from the foundation of the world now he's given me this calling which i want to be the best of the apostle that i can be and i'm not worried about anybody else i just want to be the best that i should be And, and 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 god's going to open these doors into the nations and and this is going to happen among the gentiles and and the principalities and powers in the heavens are going to be watching because God's going to be doing things that have never been done before, and, but they're going to line up wonderfully with the Word. That's, that's really where we are right now. So you have the saints, you have the apostles, you see the end game, the end result, when the Lord Christ comes with His glory with the angels and He sits on the throne and the nations are all gathered and those on the right hand are the least of his brethren, the elect, laxitos, and they are there. And he's saying, you know what? Here's a progression of six things you've done. Why six things? Well, first of all, that's the number of mankind. And this is what you've done, but you've done it for me. I'm, you're, you're inheriting the kingdom. You, you've brought the word. You've received the Word, you've brought the Word. You've fellowship. you've taught in prayer. You have shown forth this into nations that were not your own. You have accepted the mantle, you've extended the mantle. You have taught them how to govern in the kingdom and to be careful stewards of the Word, of the mysteries, and of the people, and of the city, and of their nation. You've made them into gatekeepers. These things you've done you've done them unto me. And who is he speaking to? This group of elakitos that are on the right hand. I just think that's wonderful. Do you think that Jesus lacked for words? Or do you think that the divine author chose the exact word that needed to be used? Well, of course he did. Now we can read it. We can say, oh, the least of my brethren, that just means they're humble. Bless their little heart. Or we could say, what does that word mean? How else did he use it? Why did he use it? Well, that makes this picture a totally different thing, doesn't it? So we see what's coming. The point is, and it's not far away, where are we now? Where are we now? We're being given the nations. We're being given a responsibility for the kingdom. We're being given these wonderful things. You know, and I would also say, And I said I was ending, but this is just the last part of the ending. I would also say that anybody that's doing this for the Lord, you know, not only did he say, I was hungry, or, you know, I was thirsty, but he said, you know, you didn't do this. And and I would think that anybody that is receiving these kinds of ministries would do their very best to say, I'm going to stand and support this release of the Word. I'm going to sow into that, I, I'm, because I know that it's of the Lord, and I don't want to be negligent in supporting that. Prayer, fellowshipping with God, uh, opening up the waters within, and welcoming the waters of the kingdom and the waters of the wells of salvation, I'm gonna support that. I'm not gonna stand against it. Oh, these rules and from the word, uh, we're being taught that? Far be it for me to say, oh, it's too much. I'm too lazy to study, which some of the pastors have said, my people are just this way. I've never said that. But some of the pastors have said those literal things we gotta be very careful that when the word is coming, you don't stand in the way, you don't dispute it, you don't stand in the back and skip through the Bible saying, That's not scriptural, that's not scriptural. When you don't know the you don't you wouldn't know whether it's scriptural or not if it rose up and bit you. Stand for what if you don't, it's like the, the, the Gamaliel's principle. You better be real careful, because if God is in this, you don't want to be on the wrong side of that one. And if he's not, well, then it'll show itself. But be very careful. And, and the, here you have the Lord saying to those ones that are on the left-hand side, we just focused on the right-hand side, he says the very same stuff to the people on the left, only he says, you weren't participating in this. And when I was doing this, when these least of my brethren were doing it, you weren't supporting them and you were standing against them. That's an amazing thing. So in every place, whether it's in a church, whether it's God coming into a new territory, we've got to recognize what our responsibilities are. We've got to recognize what the people need. And if anybody is there on the periphery, God help them if they stand against what God is doing. Because that's what the King of Glory says to those on the left hand and it's not a pretty picture is it i'm so grateful for this because you know how long how long ago was it that we first started seeing this decrease business and you know he's increasing i got it this is john the baptist the greatest of all prophets you know we've talked about that friend of the bridegroom how do you be the friend of the bridegroom but now it's just amazing to me that the lord is showing these further things because it has to do with the end it has to do with power in the nations it has to do with how do you train people what's necessary for them as you go and 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 that's really we're on the precipice of that in a way beyond what we've been and i think i think judging the nations the saints judging the nations it's important uh that you recognize you've got to you've got to bear the weight of the least things I'm sure if you read the book of Revelation and everybody notice I'm closing the Bible doesn't mean I'm closing my mouth but I'm closing the Bible Um, I'm sure that there are places where God is going to be sending his saints where we're going to be a voice from the throne as to what's happening in that nation that's what the end time literature says and to me that's one of the ways that the saints will judge the nations there's another scripture that that says don't you know that the saints will judge the angels i'm not going there right now but it's right there and you know i just i marvel at how the lord in a line upon line way reveals things to his saints and he waits till you're ready to go forward in a certain way after you've done the things you've needed to do to expand upon something without, without saying, oh, you know what? We thought back here. Boy, we made a mistake there. Let me show you how it really is. Only the Spirit can do that. Only the Spirit can turn a light on beyond what we've known and 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 everything just clicks your spirit just you think okay i see how this is this is what you've lived and we need to we need to get ready uh and study this for yourselves there are there's some other passages but it's 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 amazing to see and receive this and pray about it that god will make these things real in a very tangible way in our lives for what's to come so we come before this table of communion today. And um, this is a very important time, the very end of November going into December. Um, that's not revelatory. But, but we're, we're already poised to move forward. And I think we come to the table, we need to give thanks for what God has done, for how he has brought us to this place for the privilege of being able to partner with him but we need to receive from this table of grace the power and the dynamic of being sons in ways beyond what we have known so that we can serve him in his increase father i thank you for this i thank you for your word i thank you for uh, just the, the marvelous way that your spirit guides us. And Lord, as we come into a time of singing and worshiping, I I pray that you will guide us. And and Lord, help us to minister to you. Help us to meet with you today so that you can continue to do what you brought us here to do on this beautiful morning. And Lord, at at the time then when we're directed to come and partake of communion, I bless these elements. I pray, Lord, that you will give us your grace, help us to receive exactly what you want to impart to us on this communion day at this table of grace. And for this, we give you thanks, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.